Thank you for joining me. I'm your host, Jason Coleman, and you are listening to Things That Make You Go Hmm Book Review Podcast. And welcome to another episode of Things That Make You Go book review podcast i am your one-man book club jason coleman thank you so much for joining me sorry i haven't been here in a while i've just been busy with summer um i actually was able to travel during the pandemic we my wife and i we took a short little trip to ireland which was very lovely it's the first time we've traveled since the pandemic happened so of course we were just really happy about that and um here we are i'm back again and i have a new book for us to discuss Uh, Today's book is going to be Hello Habits, A Minimalist's Guide to a Better Life by Fumio Sasaki. Now, if the name, uh, the author's name sounds familiar, it's because this is the same person who wrote the book uh, Goodbye Things, which a couple years ago was probably the most influential book I had read all year long. And it was what what the book was really about. Hello, I'm talking about Hello, not Hello Habits, but uh, Goodbye Things here is it's really a book about how stuff, how clutter in your life is probably a lot more toxic than you think it is. I mean, maybe some people feel like they, you know, just having a bunch of clutter in their house isn't really a big deal, but me and the author disagree uh, in this. And I'm, you know, it's not like I'm trying to judge anybody here or anything like that. Although sometimes I wonder if I secretly do judge people who have a lot of clutter, but the idea is that it's kind of like, it's like having a really dirty window um, that overlooks the ocean, for example. And I guess there's nothing wrong per se with having a dirty window that's preventing you from seeing the ocean, but it seems to me that you would have a much better sense and peace of mind if you were able to actually enjoy the view that was offered to you by just keeping the gunk off of your window. It does take some effort, and I think this is where people go wrong a lot of the time when they think about the concept of minimalism is they think, okay, I cleared all the junk out of my house. Now I'm done, right? Now I'm a minimal. Now I'm a minimalist. Well, it would be nice if that were the case, but Clutter, it just keeps, you know, it, it, it's like that dirty window. It needs to be cleaned, you know, uh, periodically, you know, scheduled maintenance, I guess you could say. And the reason why is that clutter will just creep into your life without you necessarily being aware of it. What, what I've had to try to do in my life now is I, um, I just have to think long and hard about if I bring something into my home what, where is it going to be? Where am I going to put it? Um, is it going to be blocking something else? Um, I guess now what I try to do now is I try to figure out if what I'm trying to bring into my home would be a better replacement for something that I, I already have. And this is always a, a tough conversation for me because I don't really... I mean, I think something has to be somewhat special for it to be replacing something that I've been using for for years. Uh, I'll give you an example. I drive a car that's over 20 years old, 
and it doesn't have any of the modern features that a lot of newer cars have, such as um, integrated GPS, auto braking systems. I think there's like an auto parking feature and stuff. And I when t- when my wife and I were in Ireland, we actually did rent um, a car, and we got one of those newer cars that have some of these uh, features that people are talking about. Um, the one that I remember in particular was the um, was the auto cruise control, where the car, I guess, has some uh, ambient sensors, and so you set your car speed. So I guess I set my car speed at around like sixty five miles an hour or something like that. And what the car would do is, when it sensed that there were other cars um, surrounding you, um, or in front of you, or behind you, or whatever the case is, it would just constantly readjust its speed to keep you at a safe following distance. So I basically drove for a few hours without really touching either pedal, um, <laughs> which was nice. I mean, don't don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that these things aren't improvements, but are they game changers? Are they going to be something that's going to substantially improve the quality of my life? And since, you know, I don't drive very much, when I do drive, I'm almost always in traffic, then the answer to that question is no, they wouldn't. I, I, I don't think so. And Sasaki makes just a very, very, you know, clear, uh, full-throated sort of, um, you know, claim that people need to remove the things. uh, And I guess this is kind of similar to what Marie Kondo talks about, too, uh, in her book, Spark Joy, that once you begin to remove the things that are unnecessary in your life, you can begin to concentrate well, you can do two things. Number one, you begin to concentrate on the things that really do value, you know, you you do value and and bring you happiness, and they also allow you to focus on things that may actually bring you some improvement, um, you know, in your life. Uh, for example, I recently bought a new vacuum cleaner because I actually I actually did need a new vacuum cleaner. Uh, our old one broke, and I wanted to get one of these wireless stick vacuum cleaners just because um, it's kind of a pain for me to switch between our regular vacuum cleaner and then I have to get um, a handheld dust buster to like do the stairs and the couch, and so I wanted to get one of these little wireless um, stick vacuum cleaners where I could just sort of, you know, swap out the the attachments as I'm vacuuming. Um, and and it did. It actually wound up saving me, I, I would say, about 10 minutes um, each time I vacuum, which I think is substantial for the amount of money that I spent. Um, and I think that but the only the only reason why I knew that buying this new vacuum cleaner would be an improvement in my life is because I'm very well aware of buying things and understanding how these things are going to uh, affect my life. If if what you're doing is just mostly buying things in order to satisfy the the dopamine rush of buying, which don't get me wrong, I mean I'm a human being, I enjoy that. I enjoy getting on Amazon too and buying random things. Um, but the problem is though is that <laughs> you got to think to yourself, you might get stuck with a bigger commitment than you're bargaining for. I mean, if you're anything like me, I do not like to get rid of something once I bought it because I feel like I'm losing money in the process. So, for example, um, 
I've said many times to people who've been listening to me for a while is that I one of my favorite hobbies is I play board games and I do have a large board game collection. Um, it's impossible for me to play all of my board games because I just have so many. So I have to really be strategic whenever I buy a new board game. I think to myself, is this ever going to get played? And if this is getting played, what's not getting played because of it? So um I asked my wife if she worries that I spend too much on board games, and she says no because I feel like it, I feel like you're good at policing yourself when it comes to this kind of thing because you don't want to get stuck buying a game, never playing it, selling it at some huge loss, and yeah, you know it, it doesn't. I don't enjoy that, so I'm I tend to be pretty strategic with what it is that I'm trying to bring into the home. Well, all right. <laughs> so here I am trying to review uh, Sasaki's new book, Hello Habits, and I wind up you know giving his his last book another. Um, a uh, round of a you know appraisal of praise I should say um it just gives you it just goes to show how much that book really impacted my life so so really you should uh definitely pick up his book um goodbye things now as for hello habits i think this is much more of a book of how do you live your life once you have cleared out the clutter how do you become a more productive a happier um, person cutting out your vices, uh, just feeling better about yourself. And I don't really think that there's necessarily an easy answer to that. And even the author Sasaki talks about his own personal struggles with trying to let go some of the vices that he has had in his life. His his in particular vices were drinking alcohol and um, consuming sugar, um, which <laughs> probably two-thirds of the country struggles with that too, myself included. So what he basically says, though, is that um, a big a big problem that we tend to have when we are when we're trying to reposition our our habits, our life, uh, if you will, is that we're not understanding the design of our brains. And for example, he says that our brains um, he, he says our, your brains really like to flirt. Meaning, and, and this happens to me all the time. I get on the computer because I want to do a little bit of research for the podcast that I'm going to make. Um, while I'm <laughs> while I'm like making the the doing some research, I oh I notice there's a sale on Amazon or somebody one of my people I subscribe to on YouTube has just released a a new video or um, something on Substack, you know, some, one of my favorite authors has a new uh, book out of some sort, I mean, a new article out of some sort. Okay. So, and before I know it, I, I forget what it is that I was even <laughs> supposed to be doing. So if you can keep that in mind, um, and I've talked about this in other books, but I've reviewed quite a number of books about habits now. Um, people tend to uh, overestimate just their their willpower and their ability to brute force their way through things. I mean, that happens to me all the time. I'll wake up in the morning and I'll create a checklist of everything I want to get done and then I don't get any of it done hardly. <laughs> uh, so what 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 the the author Sasaki says is one of the ways that you can battle against that is to create chains of success. So, um, Damon Sahardis, my my other productive my productivity guru, who I, I follow very closely, uh, he talks a lot about this too. About just you know being having multiple days of being successful at something. 
a good example might be brushing your teeth. Um, Zahardis talks a lot about this concept. I, I don't particularly in, enjoy brushing my teeth. I don't know many people who do. But yet I, I do it twice a day, every day, almost religiously. Why? Well, because um, it, it's part of my daily routine and my daily schedule. So if you have a daily routine and a daily schedule um, that you are doing every single day, uh, at some point, the amount of willpower that you're going to need in order to do these things is going to greatly diminish. Um, that's why people say when you're starting a new habit, you shouldn't try to start too many habits at the same time because um, it does take a lot of willpower initially to get your new habits started and trying to start a bunch of habits at the same time is just going to overwhelm you. So uh, Sasaki talks about this whole thing about chains. So what what I've done is I've decided that I really want to get good at doing um, calisthenic pull-ups on bars. <laughs> and I'm up to about, I can do about six good ones now. And what I decided to do, you might find this interesting, is on my way home from work, when I when I walk home from work, um, there's uh, I walk through a little park area and there's a pull-up bar. And so what I decided to do is every time I walk past this bar on my way home, I, I go up to it and try to do as many pull-ups as I can. And it really only takes maybe about a minute to do this. Um, and when I first started, I could only do like maybe one and half, I could do like one and a half pull-ups. And so I know that I am improving. Um, it's taken a couple months for me to do it. Uh, my goal is hopefully by this time next year, I'll be able to do 10 uh, good ones. Um, but notice that what I'm doing now is that the first couple times I walked past the bar, I just didn't want to do it. And, you know, I, I walked past it and I had to kind of fight myself to go back and, and actually do the pull-ups because they're not really... I don't think it's pleasant or, or fun to try to like pull all of your body weight on top of a bar. But for me now, it's a lot easier. I don't I don't think about it as much. It's just I walk past the bar and I do my pull-ups. And, you know, so I'm, I'm hoping that eventually I'll get to the point where maybe I can increase it to two sets or three sets or, or whatever the case is. Um, being in, I especially, I think that the way that humankind is, is, Whenever we want some sort of improvement, we want results like yesterday. <laughs> we want to be able to just like, you know, um, start some new uh, thing, some new hobby, some new ability, some new venture, and the results just start coming in instantaneously. And <laughs> that's just not really the way that things go. Um, y- y- <laughs> I think that a lot of times we tend to give up on things because we're not seeing improvement at at a pace that we would like. Um, but the reality is, is that even if you are just, you know, putting in a little bit of practice each day, you're you're still winning. I mean, I don't think that I don't think that most people's lives are going to dramatically change that much, okay, if they make these very small uh, changes to their lifestyle. And and you know what I think another problem is, is that sometimes these changes happen so slowly, so imperceptibly, that you're not really necessarily seeing that, you know, the improvement that's taken place. So I think that's why personal trainers are really big on, you know, um, every couple of months, like taking your measurements and weighing you and, you know, um, 
gauging your muscle mass and stuff like that because your your improvements are happening so slowly. You're not necessarily um, going to you're you're not necessarily going to see your improvement, and you might think to yourself that you're putting in a lot of hard work, and and for what? Um, so that's something to to be aware of. Also, uh, another thing that he talks about is this concept of having two mornings. Um, I assume that you know what he what he means is that he has one morning that he uses just for well, and again, he's this guy's a full time author, so he might have a little bit more time than than most of us do uh, to to schedule his time. I'm not saying he's he works any less than than anybody else does, but I do think that he has more control over how he manages time. Now, me personally, I work as a public school teacher, so I don't have a ton of time. Um, you know, to, to work with. I mean, the vast majority of my day, um, I'm at, you know, my good hours and I'm really awake and energetic. I'm at work, uh, giving those to the students, those hours. So what, what then do, you know, do I do in terms of having these two mornings? And, you know, one morning he talks about his first morning is, um, just for, you know, straight, you know, productivity. He, I know he's an avid runner. I guess he goes running he tries to um, get some writing done. Uh, he straightens up his place. I think he cleans his place like a few times a week, actually, because he has so few possessions because of his minimalism. And then I think his second morning is kind of more for relaxing, eating breakfast, reading the paper, or whatever the case that somebody might do. I actually have tried doing this with some success. Um a couple times a week, I actually do try to wake up around 5 a.m. and either go running or do some painting or do some reading um, a couple hours before I actually have to go to work. And the reason being is that once I get home from work, I am just very, very psychically exhausted. Teaching is a very psychically draining profession it's not I wouldn't say it's necessarily physically strenuous although you are on your feet for for a large portion of the day and you are doing a lot of talking which is can be very exhausting but it's just a lot of multitasking management you know making sure kids are paying attention making sure that you're uh, documenting everything you know making sure that all the attendance is taken the the lunch numbers are sent in uh, that the grades are recorded that you're constantly monitoring your, um, you know, the words that you're using so you're not offending anybody. I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty endless. I, I think somebody did a study and said that um, the average teacher will make over 100 instantaneous uh, decisions throughout the day, um, which, as you can imagine, you know, it, it takes a toll on you. So I, I've definitely subscribed to what the author's talking about in terms of trying to have that more productive um, morning in order to, you know, feel better about what I was able to accomplish, um, during the day. Um, the last thing that I'm going to talk about here is the, the whole concept of what does it mean to be successful? And I, I think that what we determine as success in, in America is is money and fame, okay? <laughs> um, you had a successful business if it was financially lucrative. 
you have a successful YouTube channel if you have a ton of subscribers, you know, fame or money. Um, you have a successful painting career if you're able to monetize, sell your paintings um, for some good profits. You're a successful real estate agent if you sell lots of homes and make lots of money. Okay, you, you get my point. Um, but maybe we could look at success a little bit differently. Maybe success is not necessarily about the end product. Um, uh, when some, I, I think what I, somebody said that it's the, the destination is not the goal. The, the journey itself is, is the goal. And he talks a lot about how there were a lot of very famous athletes who, like, I don't know, won the Super Bowl or NBA championship or won a gold medal. And when they ask them what they remember most about their careers, they don't, they don't talk about very much about that moment of, of winning. It's, it's, it's something that just takes years and years and years of training, of sacrifice, of focus, of concentration, um, of willpower. So what they really just talk about is, is the whole process of, of getting there. Um, it reminds me of the story. There was this famous story about this, um, this young guy who decided that he was going to spend all of his time, every single penny he had, uh, paying off his home. Um, and he bought like some home, I don't know, this was many years ago for like like $250,000 in Canada or something. And he would like eat top ramen regularly for dinner. Um, he would work like a part-time job and just every single, you know, amount of income he got, he put towards the house. And like within six or seven years, he actually did wind up paying off his home. And you know when they were when people interviewed him about it and said, "Wow, are you are you really happy and you know that you own this house now and you know you have some financial freedom and this and that and 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 he he actually said that it was a little bit of a letdown. He said the day after he paid off his mortgage, he he woke up in the morning and he just didn't really feel like his life had much purpose again. He really had to kind of go out and reinvent himself again in in many ways, and so. I don't know. I, I guess what I'm trying to say is if if you're trying to start some new habit or you're trying to make some improvement in your life, in, and I know it's hard, but instead of looking at the end, always focusing on the end product, the end goal, the end situation, maybe maybe it's better to just take a step back to breathe and to congratulate yourself for making forward progress in whatever it is that you're doing. Okay, so with that, I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up again. Um, if you are interested in books about improving um, your life through small habits and incremental change, um, definitely pick up the book by Fumio Sasaki, which is Hello Habits. Um, I will be back in a couple of weeks with uh, another book review. And thank you again for joining me. It's always very flattering when in, whenever anybody um, actually is willing to spend this much time listening uh, to me give my thoughts and ideas about um, these, these books that I, I do think can help us see the world a little bit differently. So if you get a chance, I know it's a little bit of a hassle, but if you're listening to me on Stitcher, or um, or Amazon um, podcasts uh, or wherever it is that you're getting um, the podcast from. If if you could just take a couple minutes and write a nice review, it it really does help to spread my you know spread the algorithm, spread the message, and get new listeners involved. Um, 
and uh, and yeah, you know, it's just it's it's very validating for me. So again, thank you for your time. I really appreciate it, and I'll see you in a few weeks.